Hi, David Thexton here and welcome to this podcast of Everything Business Consulting, brought to you by the Consultex Business Success Programme. This weekly podcast is for those of you out there who are a business consultant and want to improve your skills and success, or you're new to this profession and want to become a business consultant. You may be working in corporate management and you want to get out of the rat race and start a new career, or you may be an accountant or an ex-business owner. The common theme here is that you're looking for a new profession, one that enables you to help business owners plan your own lifestyle, earn a lot of money, and have the option to build a consulting firm if you want to take it further. Consultex is an online cloud-based business consulting application that has everything you need if you want to become a successful business consultant or a better business consultant. With over a decade of development, Consultex offers you a unique opportunity to enter the world of business consulting with a complete system ready to run straight out of the box. In other words, once you sign up, you have access to everything you need to build a business for yourself. Get out of the rat race and invest in yourself with your own consulting business, manage your own time and enjoy a lifestyle business where you are the boss and you and your family benefit 100% from your efforts. Consultix provides a complete web-based training system where you work your way through at your own pace learning all the important lessons that we've learned over a decade of being in this profession. The training can be as short as five days or you can space it out over a few weeks. If this sounds like you, then the contact details will be at the end of this podcast. Hi, Susan. Welcome to our interview section. Susan's based in um, Whangarei or Whangarei, depends which language you say it in, which is uh, north of Auckland, about um, 150 kilometres approximately. And she works in Bruce Cowan's consulting firm. She's an associate there. And... um, Correct me if I'm wrong, Susan, but I think you've been there for about three years, have you? You're exactly right, David. Ah, perfect. So are you all fired up and ready to go? You bet I am. And David, I really appreciate the opportunity to share my experience. That's great. Good to have you on the show. Um, You've been involved in business consulting for some time now, three years, as we said. Could you tell us a bit about what you were doing before you became a consultant? My husband, Andy, a returning Kiwi, and I have been in New Zealand for almost eight years, and prior to that we were in Canada, where I was born and raised. I attended McMaster University and majored in sociology, and as the daughter of a chiropractor, it made sense to work in chiropractic offices. I taught in a college setting and managed a software program for 10 years with the Ontario Chiropractic Association. During all of this time, 25 years, I was also doing my consulting business, working with clients one-on-one, with their teams, conducting workshops and seminars. During my first year here, I started consulting, struggled a bit, and eventually took a job as children's ministry facilitator with our church. I realized that I had not given the time to building strong relationships and developing credibility in the community before launching my business. I didn't have a true understanding of Kiwi culture. Since the ministry position was part-time, I started a baking business, selling gluten-free baked goods to cafes to supplement my income. I was originally a cottage industry and grew the business to the point where I needed to move to a commercial kitchen. After reviewing the financials and not having enough passion to continue the business, I decided to close it, looking for an opportunity to consult. I took a course at North Tech and worked as a support worker with Airtaki Ministries just prior to joining the Consultex group. 
Well, that's that's interesting. I I've um, I forgot that you had that gluten uh, gluten free business. Um, I remember I was talking about it when I came up to up to Wangarei and we met in that motel. So, yeah, good thing you reminded me. What attracted you to business consulting? Well, particularly to the Consultex group. One day, Andy came home from his BNI meeting with a brochure saying, "Honey." This is right up your alley. I poured through the material and something inside me woke up. This was what I was searching for. The company had been around for a while, was international, the foundations appeared sound, and there was a great number of resources. Credibility, strength, and experience, an unbeatable combination. I made the call. I met Bruce initially in March of 2014. Has has it really been that long, David? (laughs) And then you you came up to Whangarei with Bruce and held that introductory meeting for the consultant prospects, which Andy and I attended. Even after that, I still needed to to learn more. I designed questions that I felt were pertinent and started contacting other consultants. I think I spoke to about 10 and appreciated their realism. I then had the contract reviewed. And I would have to bring over my retirement savings to invest in the business. So a lot of thought had to go into this. Bruce was very attentive and patient over those months during the decision-making process. You and Mandy were gracious, invited Andy and I to conference that August, even before I signed. It was great to meet all the other consultants in person, sit through seminars and work through goals together. I still have those original objectives. I was impressed with the caliber and integrity of who I was meeting. This was a company I wanted to align myself with. Well, that's really good to hear. And um, it it, it did take you a few months to to get involved, but I think it's important that um, anybody that's coming into this profession needs to do a bit of due diligence just to make sure it's perfect. could you tell our listeners, um, what was your experience in your first um, six to 12 months? Hmm. I signed in September. I opted not to attend training till October as we were in the process of moving house. After training, things that the other consultants and you had said, David, would come filtering through. It took a while to make sense of everything. I watched the videos over and over. I even converted them to MP3s and listened in my car. I can't express how much value the wisdom of not only the old bees, as we call them, but also the new bees. There is incredible strength in our network. All through training, what other consultants were saying about walk-ins intimidated me. And I think you'll remember this, David. I think it was you who said, keep it simple. I just want to learn about your business. The first few weeks after training were spent just getting out there, being doggedly persistent And yes, getting used to rejection, letting it roll off. Belief in yourself is is the insulation on which the rejection can roll off and not be taken in. They're not saying no to you, just the opportunity, which is their loss. and And there is someone who's going to say yes. In the beginning, I didn't judge a company by the storefront. They were simply in my territory, and that was it. Bruce and I had done a drive around and determined vague territories. And since I was the first consultant in Fongaray, I got my pick. I chose three streets that were easy to walk about, 
And I really got what you said, David, in training about walking, not driving. I actually enjoyed stopping in and saying hello to business owners I had met or done discoveries with. Some of those became my clients. I actually had three clients that were within a block of each other, and that was really cool. So tell our listeners how, how you actually acquired clients. You've, you've answered a bit of that question um, and um, in the beginning when you first started and how you get them now. Uh, have you changed in the process? Yeah, initially um, I would sit in my car and talk out loud to myself. Don't laugh too hard. Anyone walking by would think I was crazy. But you see, in all the years that I was consultant, I never had to cold call. Clients came from the seminars I had conducted or by referral. So yes, I had to talk myself into opening the car door, ensuring I had my diary, a pen, and business cards. Armed with a smile, I would do sometimes 10 to 14 walk-ins, take business cards, have amazing chats, book at least five discoveries, three to four follow-ups, and the rest would be no's. I had to do something different to get a different result and not expect things to just happen. A number of my first prospects were not large enough to work with, but what, but what ex the experience did was teach me as I tried various approaches, determining what worked. The bottom line, I had to believe that the service I was offering was of value, and yes, I was worth it. I signed my first client in January 2015 after 153 face-to-face -face meetings. And that, that's not all initial meetings. They were second and third meetings as well as networking events. One of my clients was originally a walk-in and the relationship solidified through the Chamber of Commerce. I did five proposals before signing my first client. I now acquire clients through networking, seminars, and referrals. So you've truly turned into a, um, a business that, that gets clients from referrals. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to um, walking in and doing that that process. It takes time to do that, David. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. As some people quicker than others, um, but uh, that's the objective of everybody is to be able to get to the point where um, you can almost rely on it, maybe one or two a month. Um, I don't know if you remember the story that I told about I, I was my activity was so intensive in Australia that the effect of all of that, all of those dozens and dozens and dozens of meetings that I made um, ended up giving me, they kind of weren't referrals, but there were people who were just following me up years afterwards. I suppose there were referrals, kind of, um, and some of them were. But, uh, but yeah, that's the objective is to get to the point where, where you don't have to um, go out there and chase leads or prospects. They just come to you automatically. Now, you've used the Consultix Business Success Program from the start. Could you describe to our listeners the benefit that you've gained from it? Sure. I think the biggest benefit is the ability to have all the client meetings in one program, starting with client acquisition. I have a small laptop I use for discovery meetings, which is more discreet. It works really well, especially when you're meeting the prospect in a cafe or coffee shop. From the very beginning, I utilize the client one-to-one -one meeting keep track of what we do each meeting, questions that are raised, and thoughts for the future. As we are meeting weekly, I simply title each meeting and date, and then print it out at the end of the month. 
I don't know about you, David, but there are times when I'm hard pressed to remember everything. There are also times when the business plan process needs to be put on hold for a few weeks. Say an employee quits and you have to go through the hiring process. The notes are not something the client sees. They're for my record and provide a history. Having the ability to make modifications to the business plan is great. After I have written up the session notes, they are distributed to the team. And when we meet again, I have two printed copies, one to be signed off on and one for them to keep. This way, when the business plan is finally produced, the review doesn't take half as long. As we have numerous roles in the relationship with our clients, the wheel analysis is really good to assist in taking care of the whole client, not just the business needs. The task list enables us to be on top of implementation. And now with the notification, there's no excuse for not getting things done. I make it a practice to go through the items in detail quarterly to ensure we're on track and can make any changes. That does not mean we don't view it each month, but we may be only working through a few of the tasks in that particular month. Another aspect is the ability to import data from various accounting programs. I'm also an advisor on Xero for my clients, which enables me to go in and review their financials in more detail. I've used a number of the resources over the years for seminars I do with my clients like time management and leadership. When I took on a couple of mentoring clients, it was great to be able to have those resources on hand as well. One of the best things is that I don't have to write my own material anymore, David, like I did in Canada. I have to admit, I went into Consultex on the weekend and I was amazed at everything that was there as I normally just go in and work where I need to work. On the whole, I think Consultex pretty much provides what I need to do my job. That's very nice of you to say that. Um, the check's in the mail. No, I'm, just <laughs> joking. I'm just joking. But a couple of points you mentioned in there about um, you said that um, finding it difficult to remember everything that goes on in the meetings. You're not the only one. Um, that function was put in there because of myself having a deathly fear that I'd be sitting in a session with the pie manufacturer asking how the organic face cream was going. Um, and, and that was always worried me because at my highest point, I had 18 clients, but on average it was about 12 to 14. But I was always worried about that. So when we created Consultex, um, a lot of those things were put in there because I recognized the need for them. Um, that was the reason why. Um, can you tell our listeners uh, how many clients you have today and very quickly what type of businesses they are? Sure. Currently, I have six clients, a caravan sales and rental company. You're a full BSP client. The business is divided into two divisions, management of long and short rental, short-term rentals and the sale yard. Primarily, it's a sale on behalf business, so the organization and so the organization of all that entails everything from repairs, warrants, marketing, and financials. When we met 18 months ago, they had been in business for 10 and a half years. They've worked really hard in defining their target market, documenting systems and processes, designing and implementing a CRM system, hiring their first staff, and just in the last two weeks have taken on a second staff. Exciting times. Last year, they won in their category at the Northland Business Excellence Awards. Second, a full-time BSP client, an auto parts retail shop that is not part of the chain. 
Another interesting business, but I would say that about all my clients. Husband and wife, he works in the business and she does all the accounting and marketing. They also started their own product line. They are well known and respected in the community and are a direct referral from the previous client that I just spoke about. They are motivated and committing to reaching their goals. We are in process of, of purchasing a CRM system to enable more effective stock management. Third, a landscape architect. A mentoring client, we meet monthly and communicate by email and phone periodically throughout the month. We have utilized most aspects of the BSP, just not in full team mode. We plan for the year, discuss strategy on an ongoing basis. I provide knowledge and guidance, and then he goes and does, and then I hold him accountable. The fourth is an IT company, a project-based client, working through designing a new service level agreement. Fifth is a home-based childcare with a nature focus. A full BSP client, we're just getting started and in the middle of strategy sessions. I think one of the things that I love about doing what I do, David, is even though I know business, I love learning the uniqueness of each industry and then applying the base knowledge to helping them grow. Sixth, a skincare and beauty consultant, an, a mentoring client, and we've just gotten started with personal and business vision and SWAT. The process is similar to the previous mentoring client. Well, that's great. And you've got quite a widespread of businesses there. Um, a lot of people who are listening to this, um, it's kind of 50-50, 50% who are in the network and 50% who are thinking of joining the network. But they wonder, um, that the, one of the questions they ask, ask me all the time is, what businesses does this suit the best? And it doesn't. It suits every business because every business has the same DNA. Um and um, it, it works with any, every business of every type and every size. So that's very interesting, those, that spread of clients that you've got. Um, can we talk about client losses that you've had? Because that's another question I get all the time is how long does a client last for? And some of the network have had clients for just coming up for six years now. So how are you, um, what's your situation as far as client losses is concerned? When I first start with clients and establish the ground rules and boundaries, I talk about above the line and below the line behavior. Above the line is about action, accountability, openness, and responsibility. Below the line is about blame, excuses, and denial. I'd been with a client for about five months. The business plan was done, it took longer than expected, but we were now in monthly meetings. It started with one or two things that they had agreed to complete over the month not being done. Instead of calling them on, on that, I simply moved them to the action items for the next month. Hindsight is wonderful. I needed to call them on their behavior much sooner and hold them accountable as they had agreed. As it turned out, nine months in, they decided they had not moved forward enough and it was my fault and were giving me notice. At the review, I had drafted a document listing everything that they had agreed to do over the months, what was completed, what was not, as well as the wins. Even at that point, they weren't willing to be accountable. David, I felt like it was a failure on my part, a very difficult thing to experience. If I could do it over again, I wouldn't play in their court. I would hold them accountable from the beginning. And if they were not willing to be accountable, even though it would be tough, I would release them. Yep. As I review over the years, there is a life cycle to clients. I've worked for the carpet cleaning company, an accountant, an IT company, a real estate company, 
and a raw cake business. I realize the importance of always having prospects in the pipeline, and I now have prospects in my nurture file and continue to meet with them. That's interesting, that. Um, just going back to the client losses, uh, and, and I'm on what you said, I can recall a couple of clients that I had where are very similar circumstances where um, it seemed that they wanted you to do all of the work, but that's just not possible. Like they are the owner and manager of their company and they've got to do certain things. And I ended up um, terminating the relationship with them as well. So that's really important. And I like the fact that you have highlighted that you need to be uh, tough, kind of like, what do they call it? Tough love um, right from the start um otherwise the wrong habits are built aren't they and and they'll they will fall off the rails pretty quickly if they don't if they don't do what they're supposed to be doing absolutely mm. can you give our listeners a couple of examples of how you've helped your clients to build better businesses Ooh, which ones do i pick isn't this why we do what we do to help clients grow not only in their business but in themselves as well I had a client that was with me for about eight months. The keys for them was the creation of an incredibly strong structure to be able to handle the growth that was to come. The business success program is sound practice. Through the formation of all the components of the business plan and consistently explaining the why of each area, there was, so there was complete understanding, the structure could be created. Through the structure, the documentation of all the systems and processes as well as the adherence to checklists, effective planning, preparation, and time management. Another aspect was being the sounding board for her, asking the right questions so that she could make intelligent decisions. A very wise man told me more than once, if the client doesn't say it, it's not true. And that's for you, Bruce. Are you listening? She wants to try her wings for a few months, and then we'll catch up. With another client, the understanding of culture and how to improve it. When we had our first team meeting to do the SWOT and business vision, it was the first time team members were invited to make suggestions that would impact the business. It took time for them to feel comfortable enough to share, but they did. Just that had an impact on the business. Following from there, each staff had small projects to work on over the next few months while the processes were being documented. Through that time, we implemented 15-minute weekly one-on-ones with each team member. Providing encouragement and guidance during those months was important as the owner gained confidence in his communication abilities. Production and accountability increased. That's a good example, that. Um, Really good. Um, Can we go back a little bit and just talk about the average lifetime of your clients? Yep. My longest client has been two years, and... That particular client, where want, they want to meet this week just to see how the last three months have gone, because we, we agreed that we might meet quarterly just to, to keep them sorted. My shortest client is five months. The average is a year to 18 months. Okay. Could we go a little bit sideways here? And something you mentioned earlier on about wheel analysis, are you using that for any of your clients? I am. Could you tell our listeners um, just a little bit about that and how it's benefiting them? Well, 
because there's two different types of will analysis, one is a personal one and one for the business. The business one sort of looks at everything you've done in the business plan and how you're tracking it. For me, it's the visual of rating themselves between zero and 10 of how they're tracking. And if I don't necessarily use this every, quarterly, but about every six months we go back and say, okay, how are we going? It's kind of like the task list in the implementation plan. It just keeps sort of checks and balances in place. And for the personal one, we don't always, you know, it's like going back to the personal vision. We don't always track how we're doing personally in our relationships and and because that's exactly where we started because we've met most of our clients, David, when when they they had this vision and over the years they sort of lost track of that. We revitalized that at the beginning of the process, but then it's important at least if six monthly, if not yearly, to redo that wheel analysis, say, you know what, we're actually doing a really good job. Or, you know what, I really need to keep in touch with my sister-in-law more. She's really important to me. Yeah, it's bordering on, on coaching in a, in a light way, really. And we brought that in probably 18 months ago because um, we were so, some people were concerned that their client retention wasn't, wasn't good enough. So... Uh, and when we dug into that, um, we discovered that that they were kind of in a bit of a mess personally. So, so by doing a temperature check every every month or three months with the wheel analysis, we were able to establish what was going right and what was going wrong. But it also positioned us as being more than just a business consultant. Like we became a coach and a a mentor and a friend and a confidant and all of those things. Um, you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, can you tell our listeners a little bit about your lifestyle as a consultant today compared to a perhaps a normal nine to five employment? Well, for me and for those who know me, having control of my time is important. I can choose how I want to structure my days. Mondays, I do client preparation. I load Tuesday to Thursday with client and prospect meetings as well as networking. Friday is usually an easy day. It's the day when I write up meeting notes and plan for the following week. Once clients are in implementation and meetings are twice a month, you can have heavier and lighter weeks. If you want to take a couple of days off, you can. I also love the fact that when I'm doing client work and I need to shift gears, I can go sit in the hot tub for 20 minutes and clear my head. One thing <laughs> that is different when you're working from your home office is time management and being strict about what and how long you do something. Keeping spreadsheets to log the time you spend on each client, being careful to keep distractions to a minimum, and turning your phone on silent, closing email, etc. for at least an hour at a time. That stuff is really important, for me anyways, to keep on track. Yes, it's great, isn't it? And, and, um, and Mandy, who's my wife, to those who are listening, um, but we found that too, like um, at the moment we're working all the hours that there are because we're converting the business from a franchise over to a, a subscription business. But but um, but it's the same thing. If we want to take an hour off and go and do something or perhaps take a four-day weekend or three-day weekend, um, the opportunity is always there. And there are people in the network 
Um, I know Bruce has got a boat and he likes to go out in his boat every now and then, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. So, so, so yes, it's a, it's a very different world than the nine to five world. You can, um, you can build your consulting business around, around other things as opposed to just being trapped in that, uh, in that nine to five or more like eight to seven in a lot of cases with, with people. Um, could you give our listeners your advice on the best way to enter the consulting profession and why? I think first and foremost, your research. Research the company, what do they offer in training and resources, speak to other consultants. Ask yourself, why do you want to do this? Also, do I want to do this by myself? Do I want to write my own material? How strong I am I in that department? I think it's important to be able to delegate things. Are you willing to do whatever it takes? I think that's one of my favorite terms. It's not easy, and no one else will do the work for you. But the reward is great. That's good to hear. Um, you said do research. Um, you know, how a lot of this came about, Susan, was, was back in 2005 when I decided that I wanted to move into the consulting profession, I, I had a look around the whole world for about a month using Google and Yahoo and other search engines of the day and everything, and I couldn't find anything that I liked. Um, so that was how the how the, this program started to be built, and it, I built it for me, um, not for anybody else. And it wasn't until five years later that um, other people started to get involved through franchising. So, so yeah, do, do go out and do your and do all your due diligence and everything. That's really important. And to close the interview, can you give our listeners a couple of gold nuggets of advice that will help them in their consulting career? Really see your purpose. The most important thing about your vision or purpose is to see it, taste it, and feel it. And through that, you'll be motivated to achieve the impossible. Believe in the value that you bring to the table. Have a morning routine. I use Hal Elrod's Miracle Morning as a model. And those mornings I'm usually up about 4.30, 20 to 5. No matter what type of meeting you're in, listen as great. That person or team is the most important thing in your life at the moment. And give them 100% of you. Don't be afraid to tell the truth. And love people and expect the best from them. That's really good advice, that. That's fantastic. Well, Susan, thank you for that frank and interesting interview, and I'm sure our listeners will have gained a lot from it. Thank you, David. I really appreciate the opportunity and to be on the show, and I, I wish everyone the best, you know, the current consultants and ones that are considering coming on board. You'll be great. Thank you, Susan. That's fantastic. My definition of a lifestyle business is one where you decide the hours you work, who you want to work with, and how much you want to earn. Many people I talk to describe in detail the drudgery of their current job. Hours of commuting, boring meetings, little chance of promotion, and remuneration just enough to live on, with little or no chance of improvement, and the very real possibility of being made redundant if the worst happens. Imagine a business where you can take the kids to school when you want. Have a three or four day weekend when you want. 
cut out the commuting and have complete freedom of your time. Business consulting is a business where you get paid for what's between your ears, not the hours you work. Working on a percentage of revenue fee basis frees you from time-based earning systems and takes away all income ceilings. I've worked as a consultant from home since 2005 and right now I'm looking out of my office window at the green rolling pastures of New Zealand uh, about 50 kilometres south of Auckland. Fantastic. And I work the hours that suits me. And I can take a holiday whenever I want to. But in order to move forward as a business consultant, you have to make some important decisions and make that change. You've already started that change by listening to this podcast. This podcast is all about that change and each week we'll be presenting a number of topics and features that will be of interest to you whether you are already a consultant or you're looking to become one. We'll interview people in our network and we'll dig deep into what makes them tick and why they have become a successful consultant. We'll read out your letters and questions and answer them for you. We'll discuss a case history from our client files. We'll discuss a special topic each week from our listeners' suggestions. And we'll interview people who are not in our network but have some interesting information for you as you start work with business owners. Bottom line is, if you're a business consultant and you want to improve or you want to become a business consultant, then this is the podcast for you. If you want to get more information right now, then go to www.consultx.com. I'll repeat that, www.consultx.com. There you will find everything you need to know to become part of our global Consultx network. Our podcast will be loaded up on iTunes and Stitcher and sent to you immediately, provided, of course, that you're a subscriber. It's called Everything Business Consulting. So sign up now. It's free. And, of course, the sign-up button is behind the settings button, which looks like a gear out of a gearbox with teeth on it. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Everything Business Consulting.